0: For seven years, she said, I haven't had sex with a man because of you, my murderous son. That's one of our arguments. And I cut off her head and, I'm, and I humiliated her corpse. It's there, you know, a six young woman, dead, because of the way she raises her son and the way her son is raised, the way he grows up. And what's her closing words? I suppose you want to sit up all night and talk. God, I I wish I had. Dinner in Hell bam! Oh, I feel the tension. So much tension in this band. Oh, they're incredible, though, as always. I feel the audience's attention. From
1: their first performance until now. Absolutely flawless.
0: Oh. Never messed up, even when they impromptu instruments in, in the island episode. Nah,
1: yeah, not not a single hiccup. Welcome back for another exciting edition of the Dinner in Hell podcast, the show where two amateur historians talk about the atrocious underbelly of history. I am one of your co-hosts, Brad the Impaler, and with me, as always. The good old reliable Ron
0: Maiden. Oh, reliable! I'm here with you for the till the end of time, Ron Maiden. Mm-hmm. We got a doozy of an episode today. We're no talking, kidding, we're talking serial killer, not just any old serial killer. Yeah, this Giant. one is
1: the minute bowl of serial killers. Oh,
0: he's the freaking Jack Sigma of serial killers. Sonic fans out there. White guy with orange curly hair. Jack Sigma. He's a buck. (laughs) Yeah, he was a buck in the 90s.
1: What do you think is the most irrelevant NBA team of all time? Uh, The
0: the Grizzlies. (laughs) Vancouver Grizzlies. They were a team for a little while. But rest in peace. Sometimes things have to just. (laughs) Some things just end, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. But um oh so today, every third episode we try to do a serial killer. Today this we already did one named the co ed killer, the Ipsy yes. the Ipsy Ripper. We
1: were trying to remember who the other one was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So here we are talking about Ed Kemper. What was his real name? Edwin?
1: Edmund Emil Amel- ed- Kemper. Edmund. Yeah. Edmund Emil yeah. Kemper the Third. He was born to his parents, Edmund Jr. and Clarnell Elizabeth Kemper. Like, Let's take a moment
0: here. The Klar-
1: Clarnell. His mom? Yeah, her name was Clarnell.
0: Clarnell?
1: That's one that I don't think is showing up on the registry of the most popular baby names of 2018.
0: We're going to freaking, the, all the dinner and hell uh, diehards out there that listen to us up to this point. They're going to freaking be naming their kids Clarnell now. Like, it's going to be Clarnell. It's the Dinner in Hell generation.
1: (laughs) Well, I I don't know. She seems like she was pretty bad. Well, his birthday, December 18th, 1948. And life in the Kemper household was anything but pleasant, as you may have guessed, because this is a serial killer
0: episode. (laughs) (laughs) What? It happens to this young man, well, first, you're born with the serial killer like missing puzzle piece in your brain, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, like screw loose mm-hmm. and then something has to happen to like open it up like chicken pox,
1: yeah, well, for him, it seems like a sort of sustained constants of fucking just dysfunction, dysfunctional relationships. And verbal abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's put it this way. Edmund Jr., his old man, was in World War II yeah. fighting, and he worked on atomic bomb tests at the Pacific Proving Grounds after World War II.
0: His co-worker's like, Edmund, this bomb testing sure does suck, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> and he would say something like uh, suicide missions in the World War II and the atomic Bomb tests were like walks in the park compared to living with Clarnell.
0: Co-workers like, never mind.
1: Uh, yeah. Maybe Take we don't want to find <laughs> out about the Kemper uh, home home life.
0: We can't make it for dinner. They invite people over and it's like, Fuck that. We cannot have dinner with you and Clarnell this weekend. We <laughs> so heard.
1: we're gonna be uh, we're uh cleaning the Buick and then uh uh we gotta go to a, a function. With with the Uh, in-laws. Sorry, uh, Edmund.
0: Uh, See, don't follow your coworkers on Twitter. You don't want to read their personal (laughs) shit about their their lives.
1: Now, Ed was an intelligent kid, but he always stood out. And literally because he was always a giant amongst his peers. Uh, He was a full head taller than anybody else from age four onwards.
0: Know the feeling.
1: Yeah, you can relate.
0: Yeah. yeah, I was always like tallest or second tallest. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was always like the shortest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are black and I am white.
1: Yeah, well, what I always go to is because uh, I mean, we don't put out too many visuals, but if you want to get an idea of what we sort of look like, go watch the Paul Simon video for You Can Call Me Al.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the. Are you as tall as Paul Simon? Because I'm as I think I'm as tall as Mr. Chase.
1: I'm pretty sure I'm 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 a good amount taller than Paul Simon. <laughs> did you, did you but s- it does sort of look like that when when the two of us are out and about. I think. Yeah.
0: My grandpa used to always tell me I looked like Chevy Chase, and he I'd run into my grandpa like at holidays and shit, mm-hmm. and uh, he'd go, "I was watching Chevy Chase." I was watching Caddyshack the other day, mm-hmm. and I said, "You know who that looks like? You." Like, <laughs> yeah, told me that at Easter and at fucking Christmas. <laughs> Woo. Good to see you. No, he is cool, cool grandpa. He's like a Meyer store walker. You know the people that walk the store like eight hundred laps in like a the whole oh, store. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. down with that. Like he would walk from like Pennsylvania there,
1: getting his exercise.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Personal details.
1: Now at the age of ten, little Ed, or big Ed, I don't know, you call him little Ed when he's a little kid still, I guess. Uh, he buried a pet cat alive. <laughs> alive? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he disinterred it, decapitated it, and then kept its head on a pike on a a stick in his bedroom
0: again i know the feeling in class i was the only one that did that like when i was i I was telling you i wasn't always tallest in class but i was the only one that buried my pet alive and then cut his head off i mean
1: i mean that's yeah that's something a lot of people have in common
0: yeah i'm just right along with this guy so far normal
1: yeah another clue he digs it up yeah (laughs) just to cut his head off and I assume taunt his sisters with it.
0: We did another show where we taught about uh, guinea pigs or hamsters early on. Something where we referenced, like, I think it was like Brazen something. We I like about- to teach your kids about yeah, death. Yeah, remember? You're like, yeah, here you go. This is a teach your kid about death. Give you did your- this. Yeah. yeah.
1: Teach them some responsibility with trauma. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like the bunny is like, I didn't fucking choose this shit. <laughs> No, I'm in an aquarium.
1: Don't worry. <laughs> rabbits are delicious. Yeah, but I'm, this is a clue into the dysfunction of the Kemper household, is that he was somehow able to lie his way out of consequences for this, because Clarnell found the cat head on a stick. Like, no, she didn't think the cat was missing. Everybody knew exactly what happened but somehow he was able to convince her not to do anything about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's a smooth talker. He wasn't, he wasn't like, he was pretty bright. He grows up to be an extremely smart adult.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're not talking as far as IQ goes. Kaczynski levels by any means, but very smart, yeah. bordering on bordering on genius-level IQs as an adult.
0: At nine, he was solving Rubik's cubes with his toes. <laughs> this guy, Edmund, was something special until he cut his cat's head off post-mortem. Mm-hmm. So he gets out of the cat's head on a stick, good, his head on a stick, is now ended. This era has passed in his life. Never to put heads on sticks again. That's great. No. That's a good that's a good moment in the episode.
1: Three years later, at the age of thirteen, Ed murdered another family cat. And He had it coming. Yeah, he did it because he thought that the cat had switched its affections from him to his sister. So he wanted to punish the cat and his sister by murdering the cat which he did and kept parts of in his closet which his mother found again
0: what parts do you think i was thinking the tail like you ever knew anybody's like this is a squirrel tail man check it out like what like a why do you have weird,
1: that like the weird most hillbilliest <laughs> of hunting trophies
0: <laughs> something yeah like a roadkill squirrel like just snap it got a squirrel tail brother it's freaking fluffy isn't it I she mean, fox squirrel. Isn't it just
1: gonna rot away? Or,
0: yeah, I mean, it wasn't like professionally preserved, so yeah, yeah, I'm sure there was like the marrow shit at the end of it was probably like crumble each time you fucked with it.
1: Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I've had a rabbit's foot in my life. Yeah, but not like a fucking road roadkill s- squirrel. I've I've openly admitted I think on the very last episode that I've eaten roadkill and enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, a deer. Yeah, not like a freaking possum.
1: Yeah, I've had rabbits and enjoyed it very, very much. It's Delicious.
0: We you have possum. I'll bring over possum next time we make it. You will love it. Oh, fantastic! So tender. But um, But I
1: do. I always feel the need to say, just let possums be. They eat bad shit. Tick that babies. you don't want around yeah tick eggs yeah i love it. them if you got a possum in your yard just look at it and think about how wonderful and cute it is and if it hisses at you it's because it's scared leave it be
0: yeah He is not his fault he looks like a fucking weird ass vampire rat fucking albino weird ass thing cat monster <laughs> yeah, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> uh Ugh, i don't it's not know his they, fault they look cute to me yeah he eats tick eggs loves them but what um, but, but I was saying was the body parts of the cat was probably tail and maybe a foot. Like you said, yeah, rabbit foot. He's probably got like a cat paw. The or paw. I mean,
1: he's got probably a tendency...
0: The, uh, like the hoof.
1: He's got a, a short track record of collecting heads already. And that m- might be a theme that, that'll that continue in this story. <laughs> He's a big head guy. So I'm thinking here he might have had another cat head. That would be my guess. At least one of them's a head. I, I, you, I, you know he's got it. You I know think, he does.
0: I think if it was the head, they would have said head for sure. I mean, shit. It said part, body parts.
1: Well, I'm not positive.
0: Head which, and other parts.
1: Yeah, I'm not positive which staff member wrote up our notes for this show. But if
0: I, I don't know. They're solid notes, though. I got to admit. I, pre, I do a pre-show look over. whoa this, you guys are in for a doozy. You're not gonna. You'll the the long the people that are listening to us for the first time right now, and for the people that have listened up to this point are never gonna forget this freaking episode. It's a freaking... what is it?
1: The corker. Corker. It's so gonna be a real corker. The well, corker. Speaking of which, um, Ed, when he was you know we're talking around that age, thirteen through say fifteen, uh was asked um about the a, a second grade teacher that he had and they his sister said well why don't you just kiss her and he said if i kiss her i have to kill her first
0: and then take off her head and like do stuff
1: yeah that's so we're that's talking that's that he's already a necrophiliac all the way back
0: this is while he's living at home with mom Pa. The first time, the first time, with Ma and Pa. Mm-hmm. The next time he lives with Ma. It's not with Pa. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Dinner and hell details.
1: But speaking of this teacher, for years, he would occasionally sneak out of the house with his father's bayonet and peep at her (laughs) through her windows.
0: Who hasn't went through their dad's dresser drawer, found his old war bayonet, and just freaking went running with it? Just stalked the woman. Oh, looking in the windows, holding it. The knife.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I see what you did there.
0: Nice work. Everybody's got their visual.
1: The innuendo book. It's, I think it's the first time we've cracked the innuendo book.
0: Yeah, we don't do innuendos up to up to this point. We haven't done any. Yeah,
1: we'll just hit him with it now. Uh, there were other things that he would do as a youngster, probably before this point in time, but uh, he would conduct rituals with his little sister's dolls, at the ends of which would involve the removal of the dolls head in hands.
0: <laughs> I knew
1: it and we're back with heads oh yeah and hand head guy we can hit him so, one more time with a hand removal tag
0: the cow. tag. i think we should now say uh, do a dinner in hell freaking opinion that um the cat parts were the head and paws I'm like with the that. dolls it, it gets it my stamp it. of approval so no tail because he has how else is he gonna swing it around and throw it in the river he's gotta have the tail yeah Imagine that big, freaking six foot, thirteen year old Ed Kepa down at the riverbeds, swinging around, cat <laughs> by its tail. With you know, I no, am no horrified plus. by this. Yeah, you know, everyone can picture themselves doing it, getting rid of it. Oh my god, this show is just freaking <laughs> turned me into a monster. I didn't have these thoughts before episode one, man.
1: <laughs> so sorry.
0: I don't know how much longer we keep
1: this up. (laughs) Another game Ed would play with his little sisters uh, was called either Gas Chamber or Electric Chair. And (laughs) in these games, somebody would be tied up and then placed in a chair. An imaginary switch would be flipped. And then the person would either pretend to suffocate from inhaling poisonous gas or be electrocuted to death. Yeah. Just good old clean family fun.
0: Oh, my God. Another personal detail. When we were kids in the neighborhood, we used mm-hmm. to play this game called Kidnappers. We had, like, rope and shit. We're playing Kidnappers. All right, we're going to kidnap someone. someone. We're going grab him and like tie his feet together. Tie his head like <laughs> Kidnappers. You imagine driving down the street and seeing that go on? Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, they just play, like, in a PlayStation lobby. <laughs> hey, what's Indiana like? Oh, well,
1: they're eating Doritos and... <laughs> Full crunch in the mic, and slamming those like forty-four ounce monsters.
0: Yeah, better than kidnappers. So I'd rather them do that than kidnappers.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would immediately be arrested. And like, if some if one group of kids were dragging off a bound boy, <laughs> it would be a beer. Gag be there
0: immediately. he got a gag shit, bandana in his mouth. Um. So he's he's stalking his teachers, holding a knife. That's where we're at.
1: Oh, yeah. The other thing about his sisters, too, the ones he oh. was oh, playing the gas chamber with, if you think yeah. they were angels, uh, his older sister did try to murder him twice as a child. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, she once pushed him almost in front of a train. He was just barely able to get back in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And another time, she, knowing he couldn't swim, shoved him into the deep end of a pool.
0: While the waves machine was going to the wave pool. Everybody, everybody save that guy. Get out of the water.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they did manage to save him, even though the waves. But since it was a wave pool, he yeah. did get a staph
0: infection. Was that the metro park? Was that the metro park or the wave pool? Or, yeah, the wave pool the uh, water park.
1: Yeah, you know, he got along with his old man. Okay,
0: fucking sister.
1: <laughs> got along with his old man. Okay, but he hated his mother. That might even be an understatement. Um, yeah, and this sucked because the folks got separated, and Ed left California to be raised by his mother in Montana. Grandmother. Mm-hmm. Oh. This thought, was when he was oh, nine. Oh, was they're separated. Yeah. Okay.
0: So when he was stalking his. Second grade teachers, Windows. How old was he? He was younger than nine then.
1: Okay. I misspoke that's, earlier. You said he's 13. Yeah. No, he was younger yeah. than nine. And now that I'm remembering that, when his sister asked him that why don't question, you, why don't you kiss her? He was in second grade. He was seven years old then.
0: And said that he'd have to kill her first. Yeah. So we're talking, yeah. Uh Dinner and Hell apology, dinner yeah. and hell backdrop.
1: Dinner and hell revision we're Yeah. you
0: re- This was not a teenage boy. (laughs) Yeah. This was not a teenage boy.
1: Oh, yes. This is even worse. Let's talk about Clarnell for a minute here.
0: Just a sweetheart.
1: Well, sweetheart. She was a sweetheart. She was also a neurotic, domineering alcoholic who would frequently belittle, humiliate, and abuse Ed in particular.
0: At this point in Montana, he was like 6'5".
1: Uh, by 15, he was 1.93 meters, which does translate to roughly six foot four inches.
0: Six feet four inches for our American listeners yeah. who are a major listener base, to so mm-hmm. Brad knows.
1: I made a commitment to switch to metric, and Brad I believe th- I've upheld that commitment.
0: We're an international program. I respect that.
1: <laughs> and all of... The people who have made a smart decision in this regard used the metric system. No offense to Liberia.
0: How how many more milliliters of soda I got in this can, but feels heavy.
1: That's better. Thank you. I appreciate the effort. Yeah, she regularly mocked him for that size. Gump.
0: Um, Freaking gump. Run, forest.
1: I do remember when I was around that age, the adjective gumpy was a popular insult.
0: Dude, I was gumpy <laughs> yeah. for a little while. And I started eating like pizza, medium pizza, meat lovers every day. And freaking was not going to be gumpy.
1: No, I eating tons of pizza is going to take away your gumpiness. Yeah. Well, I think it was generally used in my uh, sort of experience as a reference to... A lack of coordination.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying, too, is I would try to dribble both hands and just do everything I could to be coordinated. <laughs> it was not going to be gumpy. No. I fought it and I cured it. <laughs> cured my gumpiness.
1: Cured gumpiness. I went to, to, this is an inspirational story. Yeah.
0: I can't believe we're just
1: hearing it now, yeah. honestly.
0: <laughs> a lot of personal details on that this one. Kidnappers. Triumph. Mm-hmm. Uh, killing my cat just like Ed did. Oh, um, that was another one. And this one. The most personal episode yet. Join us this Sunday for the most personal Dinner in Hell episode to date. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Now, another thing that Clarnell laid into Ed for was she was constantly calling him a weirdo. But she had a 15. As, you know, you don't want to be called a weirdo. That kind of sucks. By your mom?
0: Yeah. I breastfed you little weirdo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I to called a weirdo. I mean, what? she uh, yeah, she refused to coddle him. She would basically never ever do or say anything nice for him because she didn't want him to quote unquote turn out gay. God damn it. She, it! Yeah, she was just a nightmare. Um,
0: she'd punch him in the shoulder instead of like kissing him. She's like, "What's up, dick?" Like punch him in his meat, like his meaty shoulder. He's like, "Oh man, one day I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> keep punching me carno
1: she would tell him that he reminded her of his father and uh also would constantly tell him that he was beneath women and they were way too good for him and no woman would ever love him ever in his entire life
0: he's like i know
1: he heard that you know tens of thousands of times
0: i know i know mom
1: Kemper himself uh, described her as a sick, angry woman, and others have put forth that it's likely that she suffered from borderline personality disorder, which can make for tough people to live with. Finally, 15 years old, Big Ed can't take it anymore, and he ran away back to California to hook up with his old man. But the boys are back in town. We're back in Cali. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: So, but the problem is, is when Ed got there, he found out that his father had already remarried and had a stepson that he liked better. So, Edmund Emil Kemper Jr. took the boy who was his namesake and was like, yeah, I got this new family going on, and they're not too into you. So you have to go uh, live with my mom and dad. With Emil Kemper, Edmund Amel Kemper original flavor.
0: Not Junior. Not OG. Junior.
1: Yeah, like, if we're going to equate this family to Hank Williams... He's he's Hank Williams the third, the Psycho Billy guy, and
0: the other one's Boscipus.
1: <laughs> I don't know who that
0: is. That's like his middle name. Oh really? Henry Boscipus Williams Jr. Oh, shit. I think.
1: Yeah. Well, his dad's Jr. And yeah. his grandpa, who he's going to live now, with, is OG.
0: Hank III. You're talking. He plays punk shit. He plays rock. He's, he's all over.
1: Yeah. I don't. I, I, care I don't know for, his music though. I only care for the original Hank Williams.
0: There's a tear in my bear and I've been crying for a year. That one is that the original. I'm thinking of like <laughs> you
1: hear the lonesome whistle will. No, what don't. Sounds too blue to fly. I, I don't know that. It's How, like from like the 40s. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, but I don't like any of the other ones. Got, know, it's nonsense to me. Gotcha.
0: Dinner in hell. Music tastes. <laughs> this is our most music taste insightful, an insight standpoint. First insight standpoint. My, I
1: hate my country music tastes. <laughs> um, I like bluegrass too. Well, anyway, August twenty seventh, nineteen sixty four, a fifteen year old uh, Ed Kemper got into an argument with his grandmother grandma. Yep. He left the room and retrieved a rifle that was a gift from his grandfather. Here's a gun. Um, Don't do anything
0: stupid with it.
1: He walked up behind his grandmother and shot her Two times in the back of the head. With pellets? It was a pellet gun. No, it was a twenty-two <laughs> rifle. It was
0: BBs bouncing off. Bing,
1: bing, bing. God Ow.
0: damn it. Ow. <laughs> CO2 pump. <laughs>
1: I can hear you pumping it down the driveway, asshole. You pumped it up more times than you were supposed to. I can tell it hurt way too much. Your no. mother was right. They were bullets. <laughs> you suck. You suck. He freaking sinks two bullets in her head. And then stabs her three times in the back for some reason.
0: I think he... Shot yeah, he I think he shot her like three times with it once in the head and then like in the back and then no, stabbed her.
1: I know he shot maybe. I think there were two bullets in the head, but
0: um but uh so he kills grandma and then what takes her head off, puts it on a stick, please tell me.
1: No, he just <laughs> drags her body out of the kitchen to hide it initially. But then uh when grandpa comes home, he goes outside and shoots him in the driveway
0: grandpa what
1: why but why well when asked uh he murdered his grandmother because he quote-unquote wanted to see what it felt like to shoot grandma
0: the when the police asked yeah yeah not like when because
1: he he after he did it he kind of just like waited for him to come like he didn't like try to run away or anything
0: yeah well, no, wait, he calls his mom and says, oh, yeah. this is what I did. And she's like, you're going to do what's right, stupid ass, son of a bitch. Possibly gay, son of a bitch. You're going to call the cops and tell them what you did.
1: Yeah, and he did do that. His, his grandpa, when they asked him why he killed his grandpa, he said, well, I didn't want him to see the sight of the, of my his dead wife, so I just killed him, too.
0: Yeah, to ease his pain. Yeah. Yeah. Good news, bad news. You know,
1: you could have just not murdered your grandma. That was an option from the beginning.
0: Yikes. So what you learn, the people that have listened to our show and our serial killer episodes, uh, even like our emperor episodes. <laughs> they're basically like, the same. Like, it's so important. Like, uh, not not just like be, treating them right as a youngster, but the other thing is that people are born with this click mechanism that's off then the people that don't have it don't have any idea what it's like Mm -hmm. but there's people out there that like bury their cat alive as a young man second grade want to kill his teacher because he wanted to kiss her
1: yeah like don't let your kid lie their way out of it if they've got a cat's head on a stick in their room get that kid in some therapy
0: you know you ought to (laughs) just lock them in the closet and don't interact with them for you know good two weeks
1: yeah, that'll help. That'll definitely them,
0: cure them. Feed them antifreeze only. Fuck. And glass. <laughs> Play nothing but Love Shack over and over. God. That'll teach him.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he won't come out like fucking Michael Myers by the end of that stint. Well, psychologists, when they got a hold of this kid, diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia, which seems ridiculous to me. It does not describe the way he is in any way. But he went to the criminally insane unit at the Atascadero State Hospital. Now, here he was able to endear himself to his psychiatrist by being a model prisoner. Um, He eventually was trained to administer psychiatric tests to other inmates. Uh, yeah, I mean, during this work with the Atascadero patients, uh, he was sort of able to understand what insane and sane meant in legal terms. He understood how to manipulate psychiatrists because he had a peek behind the curtain because he was a likable, charming bit of a bumblebutt.
0: He was intelligent enough to decipher what the psychiatrists deem right and wrong yeah
1: yeah yeah so he he like was roshak able cards. to give them what they wanted
0: he's like roshak card he holds it up it's like a splotch of black he's like i i'm telling you i don't know how you're supposed to see a butterfly because all i see is cat, cat heads
1: yeah this is 40 cat heads but
0: he's just like uh butterfly yeah he guesses them. yep freaking camper
1: Yeah, he was very smart. It's a good point to reiterate that, too. He wasn't a genius, but he was tested at one point with an IQ of 145, which makes him sort of a formidable adversary for most of us. Uh, Because of how cool he ended up getting with the psychiatrist, he was released on his 21st birthday.
0: Just for reference, I've been tested at 300, so that'll give you a ballpark of where Ed's at.
1: The, the The reason I think he could get out at all is because the psychologist liked him so much. I mean, he was, I mean, he's a, he's a very sick man. Uh, I don't know how else to really put it at this point, but he, against the recommendations of every single medical professional who had any dealings with Edmund Kemper, was sent back to live with his mother. Uh,
0: Single mother. No, she had separated. Been, she's oh, remarried at that's this point. Right.
1: Yeah. He really wanted to be a cop. That's what Eddie Eddie wanted. He wanted to be a police officer.
0: He likes to sit in the bars and bump elbows with him. Try to like get to know him, right? Well, like, after this.
1: Yeah, he was rejected from the police academy because he's too tall 2.06 meters.
0: You're not going to fit in a diplomat. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> That's what it's, the cop cars were when I was a kid. Yeah. Diplomat. Plymouth Diplomat.
1: It's a, see, it's always been a grand marquee in my mind. Yeah. First the old boxy ones, then the That's new. That's the Diplomat. Yeah. yeah.
0: Not Roscoe, but like Detroit cop cars. Those are really called Diplomats.
1: I like those better because they have the big lights on top that you yeah. can Woo! clearly see <laughs> if <laughs> they're behind you.
0: you got gonna take down, down, baby. down. These freaking lucky strike cigarettes hanging out you the back. Busted. of busted, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Some of the best oh. movie
1: music I can even oh. think of. I I took like three hours and learned like half of that score on my keyboard one who, time.
0: Who recorded Axel F?
1: I can't remember it, the dude. It's not name. Herbie
0: Hancock. It, oh, it's called. So, it's called something. It's not Herbie Hancock.
1: I know. I know. It's the same dude who did the music for Fletch. It's got to be.
0: Yeah. I just had that on yesterday. Such a good It's movie. fresh in my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. So he's rejected because he's six foot nine, two ninety.
0: Standing at six foot nine, two ninety from Parts Unknown, Montana. The co ed killer. Go. And he's like, he's, like <laughs> he's got a fucking uh double wristband on his arm, so he's a big giant guy fucking
1: would not want to run up against it. well except still like <laughs> shack could like dwarf him
0: he's got a bunch of like heads on a stick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would, on, yeah he's be got a belt, worried about it. a belt with cat heads cat skin paw, paws
1: now despite the rejection like you mentioned he did stay very friendly with the local police in santa cruz I think the bar at which he hung out, where all the cops hung out, was called the Jury Room. And, yeah. Yeah, he would just hang out in there with all the police all the time. That's where he put on his bumblebutt persona. You know what I mean? Where he's like a sort of lovable oaf.
0: I just got back. Um, One of our people just put on my monitor that it's not Herbie Hancock. It's some name that we never heard of. <laughs> For that uh It's like some guy some composer.
1: It's gotta be the same guy as Fletch
0: though. And
1: that
0: percussion. And there's another one. There's another part. If
1: you get me started, I'll know it, but I can't think of it right now.
0: That's another part, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like a bridge. That's F, right?
1: I think it might be the bridge of Axel F. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry, listeners. We're trying to work this out. I don't know. We're... We... We've, I think we've developed some authority on history uh, if like you've been double checking us I think we've found we're, we're generally credible I don't think we're that credible on the Fletch and Beverly Hills cop soundtracks so that's I just wanted to put a little disclaimer on that digression <laughs> now oh, shit. here's a quote from ed kemper about what it was like with his mom in those days dear mom
0: i loved you so much
1: well i could try to do i'm, I'm going to try to do it uh an imitation an ed kemper imitation my mother and i started right in on horrendous battles just hor- horrible battles violent and vicious I've never been in such a vicious verbal battle with anyone. It would go to fists with a man, but this was my mother. I couldn't stand the thought of my mother and I doing these things. Uh, She insisted on it and just over stupid things. I remember one roof raiser was over whether I should have my teeth cleaned. (laughs) Is that a decent camper, you think? Yeah, that's good. There's not a whole lot to key in on, but I got it in my head, sort of.
0: Man, I wish we could go back and have you read the... um Remember, we would talk about King Asher and Asherpal? His quote about skinning people. <laughs> as Ed Kemper? No, as King uh, You should work on your Persian. Oh, yeah. Or, or whatever he was.
1: Okay, I guess I could look up like Iranian. <laughs> yeah. Pronounce. Oh, maybe one day.
0: Vin, yeah. yeah.
1: So his mother worked at the University of California campus at Santa Cruz. And he spent a lot of time there. And got a lot of time to look at. A lot of young women that were above his station that would never love him in a million years, according to his mother. Um, One key thing to remember, too, is because he spent time driving and picking his his mom up from work, he got a big sticker from the university to put in his window with a great big A on it that stands for All Access, meaning this is like a sanctioned university-affiliated vehicle right property of keep, keep that in mind so eventually according to him what he says is because he has a really hard time to connecting people because he was institutionalized and he didn't have a teenage you know like sort of adolescence uh that he had a hard time connecting with people so what he did was to start picking up hitchhikers why do they
0: always do that
1: have you ever even Street considered... I, think, I feel
0: like you have hitchhiked before, didn't you? A couple of episodes back I mentioned it. Yeah. I've hitchhiked, I've hitchhiked twice.
1: Hitchhiking is something that I would never in a million years actually consider doing.
0: We spun out in the middle of a freeway in the winter and a family picked us up. You wouldn't do that. You'd walk down US 23 until the next exit and hope there's a gas station there.
1: Oh, yeah. I guess like if you're <laughs> a family, a it seems like it's an obvious it like a like, situation where like you need safe. help. Like yeah. I can't imagine see like a lone person like thumbing it down the highway and just
0: being Look like, hey, hop in. That's what I'm saying. When yeah. You, there's a broad picture of hitchhiking.
1: Yeah. Like if I see like an overturned car in the ditch, I'm going to stop. Yeah. yeah.
0: You see people. You yeah. Know.
1: I'm not going to be like <laughs> sucks to be there. <laughs> yeah. There was
0: so much blood. So much blood. Yeah.
1: Now if somebody's already stopped, yeah, I, I ain't
0: stopping. I got shit to do, but we if, killed the drivers. Okay. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We freaking oh, so turned it on them. Oh, so you never pick up the family. Yeah. They were like, oh, we Could saw like you a, guys. It's they like were, a devil's reject scenario. We're in the back seat of, of this like, this Jeep Cherokee, my uh-huh. girlfriend, and we looked at each other. We're like, yep. And uh, this lady was like, oh, we saw you guys' car. And I was like, Wah! and then I already stuck a sc- screwdriver from the back seat. My girlfriend took the driver, covered his eyes. We smashed. They should have never picked us up.
1: Yeah, it was a terrible move for them. As you can imagine, though, his uh, fantasy life regarding the hitchhikers got more complex and depraved as the time went on. And soon he would pick up hitchhikers and not do anything to them, still perfectly deliver them to their locations. But he would do it with, say, a knife hidden in the car where just he knew where he knew about it and he could grab it at any time. They said
0: this is some key word signal it turns him crazy
1: well for a while he wasn't doing anybody he was tall he's like he would just keep it there or uh, he had a 22 pistol that he would have um under his leg while he was driving so at any moment he could just grab it for but for a while he wasn't doing anything to anybody just picking them up dropping them off first it was men and women but that pretty quickly turned to just women people were hitchhiking a lot back then yeah it seems like it yeah, yeah it's, it seems an awful lot like it.
0: nowadays everyone has a cell phone they're like can you get me
1: yeah i can't imagine yeah. i couldn't when i was a kid it never occurred to me that hitchhiking would even be an option i assumed yeah. anybody who was crazy enough to stop and pitch up a hitchhiking kid would murder me yeah i don't know if it was more vi i mean i'm sure most people are nice i'm sure if you stick your thumb out eventually you get a ride everything will be cool but like it feels super dangerous to me
0: yeah I don't know. I, I don't know. Gonna hitch, hitchhike across country, man. Going to California. Like that kind of guy's hitchhiking all the way. People did that shit. Hippie shit.
1: I mean, I assume that's how like the crust punks get from town to town by
0: train, by boxcar. Oh, yeah. Train hopping. Yeah.
1: That seems like a more dignified hobo kind of lifestyle.
0: If I was homeless in Detroit, I would freaking take the southbound trains to Florida in winter in the warm country. Yeah. Why be I mean, a homeless you gotta, in Detroit? You got to worry about the rail yard screws then. Why be um, a Chicago homeless man? Be homeless like in the south region of the world. Texas or something where it's warm. Well,
1: like- it is a lot more dangerous because if, homeless and a natural disaster is not where you want to. You do not want to be homeless in Florida because when a hurricane rolls through the fuck do you do
0: well the people usually bail during hurricane season they go yeah up but to their, where do you go in their house yeah you <laughs> gonna... take squatting squat in it homie we're homeless survive oh,
1: yeah. so you just die when it floods
0: no they're on legs and shit
1: i, I don't know we'll de- we'll de- we'll have to debate the merits of homelessness by <laughs> geographic region a different time i think but
0: who was not homeless Edmund, Edmund Kemper,
1: Kemper. The third. Well, he did move out on his own for a little <laughs> while, but uh, eventually, did eventually become homeless and have to move back in with his mom. But that's jumping ahead a little while. All right. Murders? Yeah, let's get into it.
0: All right, so like Brad said, he has access to like the grounds of the school with his vehicle. He's mm-hmm. freaking known as the Koi killer. Be prepared. Girls
1: um, die. Also, keep in mind that there was another serial killer operating in Santa Cruz at the exact same time as him.
0: It was fashionable then. People were yeah. doing it.
1: I mean, I, I don't... Why did... I, I'm glad. I'm did, glad that? that, like, the They constant, killed those girls?
0: Oh, Jesus God, no.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that, like... I don't know if it's the internet or the surveillance state or what, but... They're catching them. I don't see too like. BTK. The 70s, the 80s, and the early 90s were just, like, a constant stream of high-profile serial killers after another. Yeah. But it doesn't really seem like that's the case so much. I remember Dahmer. I remember who's other last, ones. Who's the last? BTK. Is it? I When I think of, like, the last big-time serial killer, I mean, they just caught the... Uh, Bay Area rapist or the East I I can't even remember what oh, they call him. Oh, they got him. The, but
0: that's old. The Austin mail bomber. He did a few of them. There's there's one. Yeah, that's one. And they got his ass. Dumbass went to like FedEx and shit himself. Yeah. Dude, set himself read on a fire. Book. But I think He set he, himself on fire?
1: I think that's I think it blew up on him when it, or no, he got him the, at the car chase. Yeah. Yeah, he, I think maybe there was a botched explosion.
0: Yeah, his place was supposed to go, but it didn't. Yeah.
1: But I, I always think back to the one that had like crazy press coverage, like nonstop, was DC Sniper.
0: Yeah. Remember that one?
1: Yeah. Or Snipers, I guess. Turned out to be. Yeah. May 7th, 1972. Ed picked up two 18 year old hitchhiking students, Marianne Pesky and Anita Mary Lucessa. After driving for an hour, um, he intended to rape them, but having learned from serial rapists in a Tascadero that you should not leave witnesses, he instead handcuffed Pesky and locked Lucetta in the trunk before stabbing and strangling the both of them. Um, one interesting bit about this that'll get you a little bit of uh, insight into Kemper's psyche is that during this... Uh, he accidentally brushed the back of his hand against one of Lucas's breasts, and recalls that he apologized and had to, you know, couldn't look her in the eye. And he apologized, said he was sorry for doing that. Like two minutes before, he stabbed, brutally stabbed her to death.
0: Since since he was a child, he never could. He never thought it was right or possible to do that while the person was alive, baby. Yeah, he said he had to kill the teacher first. Yeah. He's like, sorry, but as soon as she's dead, he's like, take off your blouse. Uh, Kemper
1: That's then.
0: <laughs> sorry.
1: Kemper then put both of the women's bodies in the trunk of his Ford Galaxy and returned to his apartment, being stopped on the way by a police officer about a broken taillight, but managing not to be detected. For him. Can you imagine? I get worried when i get pulled over by a police officer and i've only like been speeding or something or i don't even know why i'm getting pulled over i'm still pretty agitated
0: yeah but that's because you have a warrant <laughs> no Everybody's it's not I do everybody not have a that. warrant everybody that follows your twitter knows that about your warrants uh, um
1: i've never been convicted of a crime uh What was I talking about? He
0: got pulled over for his taillight being out. Oh,
1: yeah. I get nervous when I'm pulled over by the police with nothing to be nervous about. Can you imagine what a brain would be like that would let you be 100% calm, cool, and collected with the dead bodies that you just murdered of two 18-year-old hitchhiking girls in the trunk of your car at that moment?
0: I've got two points. Number one. He knows how to talk to cops because he hangs with cops and he knows their language that's one truth number two he does not have the mechanism that he feels the guilt of it or anything he's icy preach, he's socio socio preach broke it down baby yeah. that's how he got out of the broken taillight saga of his life yep and, and that's, what, it. Uh, that's yeah. it that's it that's ed kemper yeah <laughs>
1: Well, what he did next was take uh, pornographic photos of and have sex with the naked corpses before dismembering them, Uh, later abandoning the body parts. Now, before disposing of Pesky's and Luchessa's severed heads in a ravine, uh, Kemper, and I'll probably only mention this once or do it vaguely from now on because it's obscene, But his jam, basically, was to have forced oral sex with the severed heads of his victims.
0: Just to, like, paint a picture, if people don't understand what Brad means by that, like, picture a pumpkin with, like, a mouth cut out. A jack-o'-lantern? Yeah, with, like, a a round mouth hole. Yes. And then you take, like, a carrot. Just the jack-o'-lantern.
1: Yeah, You're holding the pumpkin. You're holding just the jack-o'-lantern, yes.
0: And you're slowly... coaxing this carrot I'm just kidding
1: (laughs) that's a good vegetable analogy for what this is I think yeah I think we got it out Kemper's
0: like picture zucchini asshole I'm no carrot I promise you that I'll send you pictures Kemper nudes hashtag (laughs) Kemper nudes if you care for the hashtag I'm really glad I've I've
1: never seen any of his photography
0: Kemper nudes Um, yeah none of it's good they're all dead women
1: yeah Now, there's a a pretty decent gap, but September 14th, 1972. Kemper picked up 15-year-old Korean dance student Aiko Koo. He again drove her not to her intended destination, but to a remote area where he brandished a gun. Now, during this uh, murder, he accidentally locked himself out of the car with the gun in the car.
0: All she what?
1: yeah all she would have had to do is either not let him in until somebody eventually stopped and was like what the hell's going on here or just take the gun and shoot him or take the keys and drive the locked car away but he had so I, I but imagine this guy a little 15 year old Korean like ballet student has got to be just what like seventy five pounds probably puddle
0: of piss on her seat. Yeah, she's terrified.
1: This dude is 6'9", 300 pounds. Just absolute a He's physical. Like, open present. the door,
0: honey. I'm not gonna hurt you, honey. Just open the door. You can trust the big old bear.
1: Yeah. Well, she was so afraid that for whatever reason she just opened okay. the door for him and let him back in the car.
0: Okay. Well, at least tell me she went in like the far back passenger seat, like away from him. Actually, no, because a galaxy only had a two door. I think that's a coupe, baby. Yeah, so you're gonna have to be like in the front seat.
1: So once back inside of the car, Ed Kemper choked her unconscious, <laughs> killed her, and then raped her body. Um, he's like, I'm not gay. That's for damn sure. Only
0: women. Yeah,
1: back back to the apartment Mom. with Iko and the uh, the same. Scenario goes down again, as it did in the apartment with the first two hitchhikers he picked up. Now, if you'll notice uh, a trend, there's a shorter gap here. January 7th, 1973, Kemper picks up 18-year-old Cindy Shawl. He shot her, then placed her body in the trunk of his car and drove to his mother's house. Where, remember I said he had to move back in with his mom because he ran out of money? Yeah. he's Back in with ma. Yeah. Now, he kept her body hidden in a closet in his room overnight. When his mother left for work the next morning, he had sexed with, removed the bullet from Shell's corpse before dismembering and decapitating it in his mother's bathtub.
0: Dude's like, where do you keep the SOS pads? <laughs> calling her at
1: work do you have like 17 gallons of bleach on Wh- you Ma, where's the comet
0: <laughs>
1: We well, he's cleaning doing? so much and the house looks like shit every day when i get home i don't know what's going on
0: fucking bathtub sparkling using yeah. scrubbing bubbles on that thing brought to you by scrubbing bubbles scrubbing bubbles you need to get rid of blood use scrubbing bubbles dinner in hell sponsor And
1: right up next to that corporate name, we'll note that he did hold on to Michelle's severed head for several days, uh, regularly violating it.
0: This is Lucky Murdering Head.
1: I mean, he did bury it in his mother's garden, looking up at her window. Why? Well, part of him said that he had, like, sort of a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with her head, like... He would think about the image of her head and, like, talk to it. Like, tell him his his troubles
0: and shit. But he had it facing up at his mom's window for a reason.
1: Because the real reason, not his, like, insanity plea reason, is that he said, Mom always liked people to look up to her.
0: Yeah. Everyone looks up to him. He's so damn tall. Like, freaking part lumberjack. Part lumberjack. I got a blue ox.
1: He's a quarter lumberjack, a, yeah. a quarter
0: schnauzer. I carry an axe over my shoulder. I'm brawny. I'm freaking quarter, freaking Cherokee. <laughs> He's a quarter, big dude. Quarter lumberjack. He's
1: quarter Chickasaw.
0: <laughs> Chickasaw County? <laughs> Duke's hazard. So offensive, that fucking car. It's offensive. Yeah. Whenever I see it, I think racism. I'm no. Duke boys. But the Cosby Show is on. The Cosby Show is on still I mean, yes but the dukes of hazard car isn't because of the freaking confederate flag yeah. on the roof we can lose I don't, them both I, I i wait a second i i, I would watch boss hog and uncle jesse and shit and look past the stupid conf- it was made back then where they didn't know like oh yeah
1: I, I don't give a shit like, about it like i
0: just i never i don't know i never watched it i have no nostalgia for oh it. yeah like pepe Le Pew would be like come here you the cat like, try to, like, frickin' fart. he Not try. Succeed. At, at bare minimum,
1: it was, like, Im- sexual harassment. He
0: impregnated that cat every single episode. Poor thing. Poor, poor thing. Yeah. over a lot of uh, Too abusive relationships. The whole character of Speedy Gonzalez. Or Popeye was all about bashing dudes in the face, like, ugh. But you can watch that and just know that, ooh, ooh, that was made back then.
1: There's lots of incredibly racist... Looney Tunes cartoons, like oh yeah, especially during World War II against Japanese people, <laughs> yeah, they're fucking really shocking if you look at them with uh, modern sensibility.
0: Dinner and Hell episode one a special episode. It's about Looney Tunes that were racist. You'll never forget.
1: Now, if you'll notice again, there's an even shorter gap here. And on February 5, 1973, he encounters 23-year-old Rosalind Heather Thorpe and 20-year-old Allison Lou on the UC Santa Cruz campus. Now, according to Kemper, Thorpe entered his car first, which reassured Lou to also enter. He then fatally shot both of them with his 22-caliber pistol and wrapped their bodies in blankets.
0: Not the good ones, you piece
1: of shit. Where are all my blankets going, Edmund? Where's my afghan? (laughs)
0: You know how long it took me to make that?
1: Kemper again brought his victims back to his mother's house, this time beheading them in his car because he couldn't wait. He's starting to get crazier.
0: Yeah. Uh nice foreshadow earlier i think that was on the show might have been pre-show
1: it may have been i can't remember but it definitely happens to all of them they all have what they call zirker mode if they're out long enough to get to it yeah yeah it gets uh yeah it gets bad um yeah he beheaded them in his car and uh carried the corpses inside his mother's house to have sex with
0: Without heads. or No, just the heads. He did both. He
1: took the heads in first because he couldn't wait, and then he came back out for the bodies later so he can get his, like, full shit going.
0: She's like, Edmund's at you, you piece of shit. And he's like, Mom, back from bowling. He's got two bowling bags. Yeah. He's like, you got two bowls, you piece of bowling, amateur bowling shit. (laughs) Blood driven from the bowling bags.
1: Oof. Yeah, it's kind of like that. There was at one point where he was walking past a young couple, uh, when he was at his apartment, uh, when he was carrying it in the heads of one of his victims, and they were going out on a date, and he just smiles and nods at them, knowing that like they're on a date, and in his way,
0: it's a night for lovers.
1: He's on a date too. How dare you! You're so gross. It, this is his sentiment, not mine.
0: He had a passion. He sure did. Uh, that teacher got off real easy. I wonder if he ever went back and was like, "Do do, do. remember me, second grade." <laughs> the teacher made it out alive, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, as far as I know. Whew. <laughs> and so after he he brought Allison, Lou, and Rosalind Thorpe to his house, uh, he then dismembered the bodies, removing the bullets to prevent you know identification. Yeah and then discarded their remains. We have some more of Kemper's own words on the topic.
0: Oh, bust out that freaking impression, bro.
1: The head trip fantasies were a bit like a trophy. You know the head is where everything is at. The brain, eyes, mouth, that's the person. I remember being told as a kid... You cut the head off, and the body dies. The body is nothing after the head is cut off. Well, that's not quite true. There's a lot left in the girl's body without the head. God damn it, Kemper! You
0: sick son of a bitch!
1: Yikes! Yeah, that last at uh, the ending. Yeah. A little little dicey there, Eddie. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't like the direction you're heading.
0: We all know what he does with the freaking head part.
1: Yeah. Yes, he does that the heads april 20th 1973 the evening and kemper's mom clarnell sitting in bed
0: with a bong she's like 420 you fucking asshole get in here hit this
1: yeah hit this shit homie
0: this is freaking acapulco gold it's monkey paw he fought i'm gonna share it with you you're of age
1: yeah, this is called the alabama crab dangle
0: oh my god there's some funny names in movies mexican trampoline <laughs> this is permanent this is it's like from <laughs> ted the bear movie oh the yeah bear. this is permanent they're coming they're coming yeah um yeah paranoia inducing
1: ones this is permanent it's funny as fuck <laughs> Yeah, like, that makes me think of the uh that time those that like cop like took home pot brownies that he confiscated him and his what? wife ate them They called the fucking 911. Was he
0: like what was, what's the score of the Leafs game? Like, no, it was like he, he
1: was like they were like one nothing. You know how it's like uh 911, what is your emergency? And he's like, "Uh, me and my wife um we're dying." And they're like, "What?" Yeah. Like time is Going by really slow, we're pretty sure we're dying. And they're like, "What happened? What? What did you take? Like, are you on PCP or are you on crack? Are you on methamphetamines?" And he's like, "We ate a, we each ate a half of a, a marijuana brownie." And like the fucking operators trying not to laugh at him. It's hilarious. He
0: took it from the evidence room.
1: Yeah. Well, so he walks into his mom's room, and she's reading a bed reading a a book in bed at night, getting ready to go to sleep, and because he was simultaneously hated but was also sort of a mama's boy, her immediate response was, Oh, so I suppose you're going to want to sit up and talk all night. Not all night. Well, he says, uh, no. Good night. And he leaves the room. Eventually, Clarnell drifts off to sleep, but... Around four hours later, Edmund had not drifted off to sleep. He remained awake. He was jumping rope in the basement. I'm going to kill that bitch. Maybe. I imagine it as him sitting completely still, like staring at a wall for four straight hours, not moving until the time came.
0: He turned the floodlight on. He was working on his post game at the basketball hoop backyard. And he's like, fuck this. Power forward pro. I, I was all state. No. Montana.
1: Well, nah, he he didn't do <laughs> He's that. Stare at the wall. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, after he was sure that his mother had fallen asleep, he returned with a uh, claw hammer and a knife, and after bludgeoning her with the claw hammer, he slit her throat, then used the knife to decapitate her. Engaged in what he referred to as his head trips with his own mother's head he decided you know she's no better than the rest of them the rest of these stuck up bitches or you know he was kind of like an incel ed kemper was kind of like one of these incel killers you know what i mean like that guy in toronto or that elliot roger fucker down in uh cal same place california drove around like shooting people in his car because he was pissed that women wouldn't fuck him yeah it's funny how those guys are always like, "Oh, why do you girls always go for the asshole?" Like I maybe was guilty of that when I was like a freshman in high school. But it, if you think that girls don't go for the asshole, if you if you thinking that you're, you're you're the ass asshole, and other guys <laughs> probably you know treats her nicely and normally <laughs> might yeah. be an asshole to you, but he's not to her. Um. Yeah, that's what he strikes me as, though, kind of his pathology. He's just a lot of, sm- he's a little bit smarter than those people usually are and a lot sicker. Um, After that, he took her head and used it as a dartboard.
0: I remember this. Yeah. Stuck it right. on a shelf, threw darts at it. Yeah.
1: And then he also just screamed at it for an hour, like finally being able to get out his frustrations at like the person he hated more than anything else. Do I look gumpy, motherfucker? Yeah, good callback. Do I look I know gumpy it was a, now? I know it was a long time ago that you read that callback book, but it was a genius move to come back to it.
0: Yep. Callback tips, tips of the trade.
1: Ultimately, he smashed the the face on his
0: mother's head in
1: with the claw hammer.
0: I thought you were say with his privates. He's like, I'm a machine.
1: I mean, yeah, that too. <laughs> I don't know how much damage he was doing though structurally.
0: Dinner in Hell's most awful episode to date. Most memorable episode to date.
1: I got a feeling this one isn't going to be topped either. After the face was smashed in. I wonder if that's where they got the inspiration for Hannibal. Uh, Cannibal Corpse got the inspiration for Hammer Smash Face. I would say, yeah. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Uh, he also cut out her tongue and her larynx or vocal cords. The bitch had a mouth. Uh, yeah. The, he put those in the garbage disposal. Vocal cords pretty tough, though. They fucked up the garbage disposal. Really? Yeah, they spit the vocal cords back out. Oh
0: god, it's so uh, gross. Yeah. Kemper would, would <laughs> Got in my mouth. <laughs> That's what it's quoted. A piece of his mom's larynx was in his mouth, he had to spit it out.
1: Well, he said that seemed appropriate, as much as she'd bitched and screamed and yelled at me over so many years. Yeah. Yeah. He then had sex with his mother's corpse, hid it in a closet, and went out for a few drinks at the jury room. Where the police officer would fucking openly t- discuss the case with him. They would just t- tell him all about the, the, the co-ed killer. What, oh, the, what leads they a had.
0: 15-year-old Korean ballerina.
1: Yeah, what kind of traps they were setting to try to catch the guy. Yeah, they would tell him all oh, of oh, this shit at this him. bar. We're yeah. going to
0: get that stuff of a yeah. bitch.
1: And he'd be like, oh, you don't say. Here, let me put some shitty music on the jukebox. Buy you guys a couple of beers. <laughs>
0: The cats in the it's just a spoon man in the moon. Yeah, I could think that's a home shitty Sunday? song to
1: put on a bar.
0: Don't know when we'll get together. Yeah, but it's the oh, ugly kid Joe together. version. <laughs> what? It's
1: the ugly kid
0: Joe oh, version. Oh, the only version yeah. live at MTV Beach Party. <laughs> right? Yes. You watch that? Me too. <laughs> heard everything about you. But
1: I, I listened to that record quite a bit, <laughs> actually, ugly, as a youngster.
0: Ugly Kid Joe finally gets their Dinner in Hell reference. <laughs> I had they, to have mentioned that Ugly before. Kid Joe fans have been waiting for. <laughs> Wait. All of, our listener base, we've gotten so many from Ugly Kid Joe's <laughs> wiki uh, or uh, Facebook group, for, private several group. Several forums that we post on. <laughs> it's a locked group. We we're involved with it,
1: the Ugly Kid Joe.
0: Get everything about you. Oh man! Do 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 Whatever. Let's talk about Ugly Kid or um Ugly Kid Ed. No, the, uh, never mind. <laughs> There's another band the same era. Forgot their name. Jackal. <laughs> Jackal.
1: <laughs> were, I see. I would think of more of like Collective Soul. Oh. <sighs>
0: Where the river flows You'd be at a Guitar Center You'd be like, God damn it I, Wurlitzer at Wayne Mall Stop playing Where the River Flows by Collective
1: Soul It's not that cool, it's not that rocking
0: down, 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 down. Collective Soul, welcome listeners
1: Yeah, so let's talk about somebody without a soul, Edmund Kemper. Nice. Who, uh, Upon his return, said uh, because there is only one person in the world who could have possibly cared about his mother in a sort of homage to his original murder scenario of his grandmother and grandfather, he didn't want to let his poor mother's friend suffer finding out that her friend got murdered and disgraced to an insane degree right so he invited her over for dinner and a movie as a surprise visit for his mother uh when sally hallett arrived however he proceeded to strangle her to death decapitate her and spend the evening with her remains
0: his mother's friend yeah he didn't like her either
1: No, I imagine you'd hate somebody who was the friend of somebody who you felt like abused you forever.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, He uh, stuffed her in a closet, obscured any outward signs of a disturbance in the residence, and left a a note for the police who he suspected would find the apartment that read, Approximately 5.15 a.m. Saturday, no need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible, quote-unquote, murderous butcher... It was quick, asleep the way I wanted it, not sloppy and incomplete gents, just a lack
0: of time. I got things to do. Your impression has got a little bit watered down. I would That's say. his written voice. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I like his written voice better. It's more Crisper. Yeah. Sexier. Punchier. Yeah. Like, um, they, I wonder if he was like giving the guys clues at the bar. Like check the apartment, bathroom closet.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> at this point, he stole Hallett's car, his mom's friend, and he took off because he, like, thought the cops were way smarter than they were. Like, at the bar, he started to get more and more paranoid. He thought they were playing some sort of cast, cat and mouse game with him, but they had no fucking idea. They had right. no leads. They had nothing. Um. So he took off, like, on the run. He left California, went through Nevada and Utah, finally arriving in Pueblo, Colorado.
0: They're like, We're not even looking for you, bro. Chill out. Just burning fossil fuels.
1: Well, he was listening to the news the entire time. Her car was a Hummer. Nobody mentioned it.
0: A Hummer? <laughs> He's driving up through three states, burning gas. <laughs>
1: well, gas, when was, what was gas then? Like fucking three
0: cents? Three cents a gallon. Yeah. yeah. No one even thought about it. Five cents? What? Yeah, well,
1: he went, found a phone booth, called the police.
0: Hey, you guys, you want to check that? See where all the flies are going? That house, all them covered in flies? want to check it.
1: Well, he knows who the detectives are on the case. So he calls up the Santa Cruz Police Department, asks for the detectives who are on the case, by name, gets them. Barney and who? I can't remember. but uh Felix. Yeah, he confessed. He confessed to the murder of his mothers and Sally Hallett, and yeah. they didn't take him seriously. They were like, fuck off, Ed, you big old bumblebutt. You, you
0: still owe me an altus. You yeah. still owe me an altus.
1: <laughs> yeah, call, call back later, Ed. So several hours later, he did. He called again, asking to speak to the another officer that he was even better friends with. He confessed to that officer of killing his mother and Hallett. And then just sat in his car and waited for the police to drive all the way to Colorado, arrest him, and take him home.
0: Remember at the end of American Psycho, Patrick Bateman calls his attorney. He's like, I killed Paul Allen. He's like, I just had dinner with Paul Allen. Or like, first he's like, come on, Patrick. This isn't funny anymore. He's like, listen, you son of a bitch. I fucking did it. Yeah. He's confessing
1: to crimes he never did.
0: Yeah. It was like, who who would think Bateman would do it? He's a wealthy banker. Yeah.
1: But Ed, yeah, they didn't. They didn't have him for it. Um, eventually, uh, he would also confess to the murders of the six students. He's a real talky one. Yeah, I, I think there's five or six hours worth of interviews with him. I mean, the only other thing I can think of that even comes close is you get like the two hours Stone Phillips Jeffrey Dahmer interview. Yeah. Other than that, these guys generally don't have a sh- ton of screen time.
0: Yeah, there's a movie about finding the Unabomber and they interview him in it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? You watched it, right? Yeah.
1: A long time ago. I don't think I watched it for this. Like weeks ago. I, I didn't watch it before the episode. I didn't see that movie. I didn't see a whole lot of...
0: No, I'm saying um, there was a TV series that, that where they find the Unabomber. Yeah, I watched watch that whole That's time. what I mean. Yeah. They they had an actor portray Kemper. Yes. He's like, Her soul. And he like sits, Mind Hunter. He's super yeah. tall. And
1: yeah. he's dead on, too. That's an incredible yeah. performance.
0: That was a cool series.
1: Well, obviously, the cops are going to ask him about his motivations. And he said, uh, after killing his mother, the original purpose was gone. It wasn't serving any physical or real or emotional purpose. It was just a pure waste of time.
0: Like I just did it because I could.
1: Yeah. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it much longer. Toward the end there, I started feeling the folly of the whole damn thing. And at the point of near exhaustion, near collapse, I just had to hell with it and called it all off. Now, he did attempt two suicide attempts while initially in police custody. Hmm. But he couldn't couldn't pull it
0: off. He's too tall. He kept touching the ground. Yeah, he probably couldn't I'm hang gonna himself. I'm going to hang myself. I can't, I can't. If he was
1: tall enough to keep his feet off the ground, he was probably hitting his head
0: on the ceiling. <laughs> it's a giant guy in an airplane bathroom. God damn it. Can't can't a guy kill himself in here? What was the other way?
1: I can't. I don't know. It doesn't say.
0: He dropped the razor blade and he couldn't. His fingers are too giant. He couldn't like. Pick it up. Yeah, off the ground. Too giant. (laughs) (laughs) He's a sad giant. Killed his mom and (laughs) did things. The red.
1: His trial did go forth October 23rd, 1973. And on November 8th, 1973, the jury convened for only five hours of deliberation before declaring Kemper both sane and guilty on all counts. Uh, He did request... Yeah. Wow. He did request the death penalty as death by torture. (laughs) Yeah. But the death penalty was on hold by the Supreme Court at the time. So nobody... you, You couldn't get a death penalty then, so... You got life in prison.
0: They're like, what is your, like, what, give us an idea of what you mean by tort? He's like, I mean, make me, make me listen to Jackal. (laughs) (laughs) For for Jackal. They didn't need to. Collective Soul on Shuffle.
1: I don't know enough about Jackal to hate them, but I feel like I would if I did.
0: That's from that callback workshop I took.
1: Yeah, it was a good one.
0: Paid up for episodes to come.
1: No, he was sentenced to that, seven years to life for each count of murder that he was convicted of, and he went to the California Medical Facility. He was actually in the same prison block as Charles Manson.
0: Yeah. Playing music with him and shit. Give me that guitar, Chucky. Okay, no problem. Don't kill me. It's fucking giant.
1: As of 2015, Kemper remains among the general population in prison and is considered a model prisoner. He really does well in institutions. Uh, He's in charge of scheduling other inmates' appointments with psychiatrists and evidently is an accomplished craftsman of ceramic cups.
0: Would you want a ceramic cup made by him?
1: No, that's a murder cup. (laughs) Also, I would never want to you interact put, with him in any way because just the thought of someone like that knowing my name is kind of terrifying.
0: You put your blood in here, okay? You put your <laughs> fin- you can put a whole mess of fingers in here. God, this No, I would not imagine, want that in my place. Imagine how many different uses you could get out of this beautiful cup. It's ceramic. Brutal.
1: Another p- pastime of his in the uh, in the clink is that he is a prolific reader of books on tape for the blind. A 1987 Los Angeles Times article stated that at the time he was the coordinator of the prison's program for recording these and had personally spent over 5,000 hours narrating books with several hundred completing recordings to his name. So our uh, hellheads out there, Dinner in Hell listeners who are fans of spoken word audio entertainment, you may have heard Ed Kemper's voice on some of your audio books. You never know.
0: You know that bastard was only reading biographies on him? Like a portrait of a killer. Ed Kemper. He's like freaking, you can hear him like... Mm pounding it a little bit in the background
1: i do remember one title that he was responsible for reading and that is the book flowers in the attic by vc andrews also the fourth book in the dune series i want (laughs) to say children of dune
0: um yeah kemper i figured he was reading like manuals for books like if you want to learn how to change your plumbing for a blind person first you need a crescent wrench
1: how many blind people do you think are attempting large-scale plumbing repairs
0: you know if they got to change the trap in their sink they can handle that pvc oh yeah come on yeah they could probably swing that visually impaired
1: but i mean do you think they're soldering
0: no i didn't say that i said crescent wrench the. (laughs) i didn't say nothing about blow torches
1: now, Ron, you mentioned Patrick Bateman in American Psycho earlier. Feed me a dead
0: cat. Yeah.
1: In in that film, um, Patrick Bateman mistakenly attributes a quote to Ed Gein. The originator of the quote is actually... Kemps. Kemps. Good old Edmund Kemper. E.K. E.K. Uh, that <laughs> quote is, uh, you know, when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. One part of me wants to take her out, talk to her, be real nice and sweet, treat her right. And the the interviewer asks him, what about the other part? And he says, and the other part of me wonders what her head would look like on a stick.
0: Hey, dinner and <laughs> <Health> show over.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, uh, that's Edmund Kemper. He's still alive. He's in prison.
0: Yeah, that quote. I remember that in the movie. They're sitting there having drinks or whatever, right in the lounge Mm -hmm. chairs. Yeah. They're like, we laugh. He laughs laughs
1: (laughs) and everyone just staring at
0: him. What are you talking about, Bateman? Yeah. Let's go to Dorcia. Like, so what do you do? I'm in murders and executions. Like, he would just say shit. Yeah. Huh? uh, Mergers and
1: acquisitions.
0: That's ebony on bone. It's business card. Shit. Now, that was a freaking wild one. Yeah. We're talking Ed Kemper. Of all our serial killers, that's, he did some of the most twisted.
1: Yeah, that is some sick shit.
0: Oh, shit. Well, uh, we have a special announcement for the Dinner and Hell listeners. And uh, we know that there's some out there that enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. This might be bad news to them. Mm-hmm. But this is our final episode.
1: This is the f- the final episode of Dinner in Hell. The run will conclude uh, immediately.
0: Yeah, we um we said at the beginning of the show this is an episode you'll never forget, but um meaning secret meaning now if you listen to the episode again you're gonna hear a lot more a little might
1: be a little foreshadow some foreshadows we yeah. didn't sound edit on there
0: we didn't put any drops on yeah. it, but um what is this episode eighty three
1: episode eighty three Edmund Kemper is how we're going out.
0: Um well, I got some thanks. You want me to read through the list? Yeah, and then we'll we'll say our goodbyes after.
1: Yeah, let's do it. We've got some special people that we'd like to thank.
0: want to read it together? you want to like take parts? Sure um thanks for everything.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ron. you've been just a treasure to work with. It's been a blast. This whole dinner and house staff they've been incredible.
0: um the crew. Everyone involved, behind the scenes with the media, everything that you see, Dinner and Hell, thank you for your hard work and, and countless hours. Mm-hmm.
1: We appreciate uh, it very much.
0: The audience, the live audience in front of us, weekly, we thank you. The Dinner and Hell band, all right, who weren't our original pick.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of demo tapes. So we didn't love it at first, but I mean, they just, they pleased every
0: night 83 episodes flawlessly yep we love them class act musicians
1: i will say they never got any better but they didn't get any worse
0: either right they're freaking consistent yeah i like that i don't like change freaking okay so we want to say thanks to our podcasting friends and a couple podcasts that we know that are friends of ours uh there's one called the shake cast we've mentioned them a few times they have a new name they're working on a new name but you can find them under that and also video store rewind um they both shows have had us on promoting mm-hmm. like we went on shake cast announcing what that we even have a show and then we like took a break and we announced like a new launch we opened up with like nazi the nazi uh three-parter oh yeah that was like our comeback yeah. our season. holocaust series yeah we took like three weeks off and then we started a whole new season. I would say like season two, because we got mm-hmm. a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I think, I think so too.
0: Um, they let us like announce that there. Brad has been on Video Store Rewind twice?
1: Yes, I've been on there twice. So First for Airborne and secondarily for Heavyweights, two two films that I'm very fond of.
0: They have invited me, but I don't know if they understand that the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> I <Like>, don't <laughs> Um, Ron from Dinner Help, <laughs> forget it now. Yeah, just, Real, just Ron Maiden is here. <laughs> um, so thank you to them for letting us letting us be exposed to their amazing listeners. Right? Yeah, thank you very much for we having us. like we gained like six listeners. Oh yeah, this is amazing.
1: Uh, so specifically, Scotty, Larry, Rich, Matt, and Zach. Thank you guys for all of the support and. I know I'll be continuing
0: to support you guys. Um, We have a a listener that is the most involved listener of our whole audience, and that's Maria on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Maria.
1: Always sharing our stuff and liking it and retweeting it, and we just wanted to say that we appreciate it a lot, specifically.
0: Like, I think... When I, when we were coming in to tape, this one, I just kept thinking about Maria. Like, she freaking retweets our shit, like, a lot.
1: Yeah, I do. I'm like, gonna f- I feel a little bad because a lot of people, we have a lot of yeah. listeners. We're very grateful for that. And uh, I hate to ruin your Sunday mornings, but it's just you know, everything comes to an end. Um, We have
0: been played in over 50 countries. Oh,
1: real quick. I would like to say a special thank you to my dad, Bill, who has listened to... Uh, all of them he'll get through and i just wanted to say thank you for being so supportive and listening to the
0: show i appreciate it a lot thank you hopefully he's told somebody at work and you go check out my son's program it's fantastic know. i don't know i don't know he's about that talking about having sex with mother's heads you gotta hear it <laughs> um so we have we've have been on some of our um like our SoundCloud, it'll tell us what countries listen. Mm-hmm. Over 50 countries have checked in. And if you go to our Facebook, our profile pick, right now, well, usually is the one that has the countries that have li- listened. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we're very proud of the fact that we were able to build an international program that necessitated my switch to the metric system.
0: Here's a list of cities that have listened to us the most. And some of the cities have been with us from the beginning. Mm hmm. We've mentioned them on the show before, like t- like we would just mention them like, oh, nothing like being in Ashburn, Virginia during spring, like like we even know. Yeah, so, so even we- if
1: even if we haven't mentioned your name because we don't know it, and <laughs> you're from one of these places and you've listened to all of them, just know that we're thinking about you.
0: Um, Detroit, Michigan, Wyandotte, Michigan, Ashburn, Virginia, Calgary, Canada, dude, they're new to the game but they yeah, sorry. A lot. sorry, Calgary. Yeah. Mountain View has been with us forever. I think there's probably multiple people there. That's just one person. I think so. <laughs> Dartmouth, Canada. Los I, a- yeah.
1: I love Canada. Thank you, Canadian yeah. listeners.
0: Canada loves dinner and hell. Loved dinner and hell. Uh, what, Los Angeles. Was that in California? Mm-hmm. I think so. It's in America. I
1: think it's the Californian Los Angeles.
0: It's in North America, not Central or South. Correct nottingham united kingdom the bronx they're new the bronx they came Mm -hmm. in they came in recent but houston they've been with us forever taylor michigan alexandria virginia powder springs georgia for sure dude Mm -hmm. i don't know what story is there we should go there and be like
1: we really should
0: dude hell motherfucker like what you guys quit you stupid um anyway spartanburg south carolina that's another one that's that's i don't want to give every city but those people have been with us like major listens like the counter Mm -hmm. um but here's the top six countries that have tuned in like us is the number one so everything else is like top five not counting us the uk then canada then new zealand then australia then japan they don't even speak english and they're freaking fifth on the list over like you know freaking uh Can- oh not canada <laughs> i don't know but hey i mean japanese and it's not like latin based like if you were spanish you could listen to portuguese a little bit mm-hmm. or italian yeah it's totally different but um like brad said thanks to his dad and our family and friends that have listened that's cool and have let us know like i listened to your show oh did you great
1: I would like to extend another special thank you for the supportive behavior of my wife, Michelle the Impaler. I'm, she's been excellent, very supportive of the show, encouraging, always giving me ideas.
0: Nice. Yeah. Freaking, um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been a great run. But that could be... Um not be over i mean who knows yeah like this might be get, revived at yeah, some point in time it's, yeah it's like uh we'll probably get the band back together yeah as might. a show
1: and uh, it just occurs to me continue to follow us on twitter we might drop some interesting uh, interesting history shit out there every once in a while
0: another thing is soundcloud if if we don't continue using it we will um only be able to host so many files so yes You'll be I able think it'll to, be the
1: last fifteen episodes will always be available on the SoundCloud.
0: So you'll be able to listen to all of our episodes if you really wanted to on YouTube, like forever.
1: Yes, all of our episodes are available on YouTube. Put them on your
0: TV. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Go for Dinner it. Dinner and hell on the TV. The image is like <laughs> takes up your whole screen. It's amazing. Yeah, you want that burned into your plasma. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else? Freaking. Oh mm-hmm.
1: if you'd like to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter. Yeah. I'm at Brad the Impaler with two Ds.
0: Brad the, the Impaler. Yeah. Everyone, Somebody it, else already had this bullshit. Second D's silent. Um when I, I get
1: verified, I'll try to get the other handle.
0: I'm just at Ron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. If you find something that says the real Ron Maiden, that's me. Mm-hmm. Just fake Ron Maiden.
1: Yeah, if for whatever reason you're still interested in shit that I do you can listen to an ambient project that I have. Got a record out. That is at Crystal Math, not math, like short for mathematics, crystalmath.bandcamp.com. Huh. So, shit, you ready to uh, turn the lights off one last time in the studio? Let the band play us out? Do this. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It really did mean a lot to us. Good Thank night. You.